Welcome to the Twiniversity Podcast, a show created exclusively for you guys, parents of twins. I'm your host, Natalie Diaz. Yes, I am a mom of twins. I'm also the founder of Twiniversity and the author of What to Do When You're Having Two. Now, our goal here at Twiniversity is to make sure that you always feel connected, you laugh at the little things, and we get to teach you a few tricks along the way. And I'm hoping that's what this podcast is about to do. Now, shall we get this party started? Welcome to Twiniversity. Hey, my twin fam, it is me, and I am about to blow your mind. Guys, have you checked out Baby Trend's website lately? Just babytrend.com. But if you haven't been there in a hot minute, you gotta go check out because finally, I've gotten them to add us a twins tab. So literally, all of the Twiniversity favorite products products that twin parents love all over the globe, including, of course, their snap and go double stroller and my new total fave, the Expedition two-in-one stroller wagon. Uh, Let's not even talk about the Retreat Twins Nursery Center. That's my favorite because it has those cute little lambs, but it's all there right easily at the Twins tab. So just go to babytrend.com and look at the top and you're going to see that big old link with the word twins. That's just for us. Lauren. Yes, Nat. Welcome to the new season of the Twiniversity Podcast. Oh, thank you. Yay. I wanted to be like very serious and make people think that we were like an NPR show. We're totally not an NPR show. They're talking about knitting. Knitting. Yeah, we're this we could talk about you could talk about knitting. Do you knit? No. Do you crochet? No, I tried. I can't. You do nothing. No, I do. I do cross stitch, old lady. That's it. That's it. Then I try. Embroidery, thanks to you. Embroidery is the best. It is. See, but I can't see my embroidery. So that's the problem that I'm having. So guys, Lauren and I are both twin moms. We're also friends. Yes. For a few years now. Um, My twinnies are, uh, we both have teen twinnies. Yes. We're getting there. We've been, we've been around the block. A few times. We've, this is not our first rodeo. No, it's in not. World. But it's, that was our last twin rodeo. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I'm closing that. That door's been closed for a while. Thank goodness. So all of our guests, though, that are coming up this season, there's many people who, even despite saying that that may have been their last rodeo, decided to roll dice again and maybe even have another second set of twins. Mm, they're brave people. Could you imagine if you had, so Lauren is a mom of four girls. So she had a singleton when she was in college because that's what she likes to do. And then she had her 20s after she met the love of her life and uh, did things kind of the more traditional route. And then you rolled the dice one more time and you had a singleton. What if Molly had been twins? Uh, I don't even know. I mean, I think I would have needed some heavy medication. Because, well, it wasn't her necessarily that was the hard part of it all. It was the older kids. It was the twins who were three at the time and a teenager who had lots of anger. And so it was like I was in uh, the perfect storm of parenting, mm-hmm. the newborn and twin toddlers and a teenager. So listen, when I do it, baby in there, it was, it would have, I don't know, send me. I don't know. You go, you go hard. When you yeah. go, you go all in or go home. That's all you do. Now, when the kids were, when you were raising them, did you make a conscious effort 
to make sure that they all felt like they were individuals. Uh, yes, although um, they all seem to think that he, somebody else is the favorite. Like they're like, you favor her, you love her. Like they're all, they all have their own ones who I love more. You tell them that they're their favorite? No. I tell my kids all the time. No. I literally say, you're my favorite child. And then 10 minutes later, I say the same thing to the other kid. That's how I've kept them well, guessing. Out. They would, like, if someone came into my room and they was snuggling with them and I'd be like, you know what, you're my favorite. They would immediately go out mm -hmm. in the house and make an announcement. Mom mm -hmm. told me I'm her favorite. And then there would be work, work three. And no. See, you're not playing the game right. I know. The way, the way that it gets played is that still happens, right? Thing, yeah. So the thing is, it's so much fun because immediately they will go run and tell everybody else that they're their favorite. And then when another kid comes into the room, you just mouth like, yes, I said that they're my favorite. But then you mouth, you shake your head no. And you're like, you're my favorite. Well, Dan will, out, will tell everyone that Molly's his favorite. <laughs> but he really means it. Yeah, he. I think he just likes to stir. He means it, and he likes to stir up trouble. <laughs> I'm like, can you stop? He's like, no, she's my favorite. That's it. Oh, that's it. It's Mal. She's easy because she's, she's easy. She's she is the easiest. I yeah. have the most independent. She's the easiest. I'll be like, I'm not making dinner. She's like, okay, I'll just make a peanut butter sandwich, and then she she'll do that for three weeks straight. If I if I made her, do I have a favorite? I would always say, you know that I tell your kids who my favorite is. Emily, oh, very open about it. <laughs> she has some issues, you know. She but not only that, I think she's the one that likes me best. Probably, yes, probably. Although Molly would be a close second. Yeah, although she's getting to be like a little bratty teenager a little bit. I know, but I could win her over. Oh, yeah, easily. Like, give her some candy or something. And yeah. she, didn't you give her candy once and she loved you for that? I don't know. I do love her, though, because she's so sweet. Baby. She's the baby. Yeah, she's easy. That's she's, like, it's like, she's probably spoiled rotten and I don't see it. Ugh. Everybody else says, she's so spoiled. You let her get away with murder, but I'm tired. I've been parenting now for 28 years. I give up after a little while. I'm a little tired. Now, I have to say, once upon a time, I got called out for this issue. Not by my own kids, oh. but I was favoring somebody else's child. Oh. And the other children felt oh. bad. And so the mom asked me out anymore. Well, okay. So they were triplets. Ooh. The odds of them listening to this are slim, but they were triplets and they were our, our steady play date when the twins were, were young. So they were the same age as the twins, maybe a few weeks apart. Okay. So when we met in Kmart, by the way, so I don't even know if Kmart even exists anymore. I feel like maybe it does. Maybe it does. I haven't been in the Kmart in forever. But we met in Kmart. We used to have a Kmart here in Manhattan. And we were, I was pushing my double stroller and I saw a triplet stroller. And um, this is so horrible and wonderful. It was the 4th of July. I could tell you exactly what it was. It was 4th of July week. And Kmart had like a photo booth in mm -hmm. Kmart. Like you could go take pictures. Yeah. Kmart. Because my kids are, were, are present and past tense, such slobs <laughs> that Whenever I would go take pictures for them, I would buy clothes right there in Kmart, Mart. put them on like the kids, I like this and idea. then we would go take pictures. I like this. So we decided since John's grandmother's birthday is July 4th, 
that I was going to go get pictures taken that were July 4th themed Ooh, for the twins. Yes. And so this was like the week before July 4th. So while we were in there and I am changing the children in their stroller with the new clothes. So I almost look like I'm stealing the clothes, but I swear to everybody, I never did. I would take off the tags because the registers were downstairs. I would bring all the tags downstairs, but I would stay upstairs. I wouldn't go pay for them. I would just take the tags off. Call me whatever you want. Morally corrupt. Come at me. Kmart and Sears. I feel like maybe you went bankrupt. (laughs) I don't even know. But this is what I would do. And I would do this consistently. And still to this day, I will tell you, I've never taken accidentally, uh, even accidentally anything from there. I really want to go on the record and say, because I would not sleep at night because I was like, if I did something bad, I felt like it would come back to the babies. So I couldn't do it. So there I am in Kmart changing my children into clothing off of the rack. And I see this triple stroller. And now my aunt, who's with me, is like desperate for me to have a friend because Mm -hmm. twins. she knows you need it. Yes. If you have twins, you know, it could be a little isolating. So my aunt sees this triple stroller, which is was a peg perigo triple stroller, the three in line, like Mm -hmm. that that giant stroller. And there I am with my side by side. And my aunt's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You know, are they triplets? And then, of course, she's like, yes. And she's like, oh, meet my niece, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we were friends for years after that. Okay. Now, one of these triplets. So it was baby B is what I'm thinking is who it was. Was it baby B? Maybe baby C, but whatever. That doesn't matter. I definitely had a better relationship with this one child. Okay. When we were at the playground, she would come to me. She would be closer to my kids. And so the other two, it was almost like she was a singleton with twins. Okay. And because the other girls would always say they were, they were three girls because they were such like a tight buddy buddy. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you the truth. I felt bad for her. Because she was like the odd man out. Okay. And so in order to kind of make up for that, I definitely favored her. Okay. And if I went away, I would buy all the little souvenirs wherever I went, but I would get her something extra. Okay. But it would be something personal. Like I knew she had a shell collection. So maybe let's say we went to Florida and I was at the beach. I would maybe get her a few shells but I would buy everybody like a little alligator or something from oh. Florida. So everybody got the same thing, but she would get that a little bit more. Okay. Well, that happens. It happens, but I really enjoyed the relationship that I had with her. And I found it differently rewarding than my own children. It's weird because you can have close relationship with other people. Like my nephew, who I was super close with, mm-hmm. you know, and you have that bond with someone who isn't your child. Mm-hmm. That happened. But I will tell you that the mom eventually asked me to stop doing that. Oh, interesting. That made me feel really bad. Well, don't feel bad. You were just being you. But like, I think that at home, maybe it was just because the other two girls were probably like, ah, you know, we want that shell because that yeah. would happen in my house. But then I would say to the other two girls, well, then maybe you should play with her more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like, I don't, I'm not saying that that. It just honestly, it made me feel really sad for her because this was like the only time that she felt like like she was the star. Yeah. Because out of the other two, one of them would be the attention grabber. Mm. So and then the other one was like her her sidekick henchman. 
And then there was her that was like on the outs. And I did, I felt really bad. But look, Lauren, still to this day, I feel bad. I really do. Like today, I feel bad. Don't feel bad. But you know, I don't feel bad that I did that. I feel bad that I had to stop doing that. Yeah. I mean, because I was respectful to the parent. I didn't want to cause any more, you know, drama in the house than it was necessary. But I so enjoyed the relationship that we had. And I enjoyed spending time with her. And we would go to the house and we would do crafts. They had a really, really nice apartment in the village. And it was like big compared to like my tiny little apartment. But like whenever we would do things, like she would come to me even before my own twins. Because if you think about it, they were both in pairs. And then she was just left out because my kids would play together. And then her two of her trips would play together. And she was just there. So that's what today's podcast is about. It's basically not about showing favorites. It's about making sure that you're balanced. And that's hard. It is very, very, very hard. Especially if you have one twin that's almost demanding more attention. Yeah, if one has like medical needs or some other need that you have to. Yes. My kids felt that this summer when I had one kid in the hospital for almost two months. And I, ha- I felt guilt of leaving her and not spending the day in the hospital and going home and spending the day with the other kids. Yes. It's tough. That was, that was really tough for you. Yeah. I don't even, and I literally, literally even messaged you because like, I knew how tough that was. And had they let us go, we would have all taken Yeah. It. Yeah. Well, plus it's my favorite kid too of yours. So, right. <laughs> but once again, it's the one that I think likes me best and I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Or like personable with people. She's more out. She's always been, but yeah. since she's little, but yeah. since she was like little, little, she yeah. always, because she was also, she's like a curmudgeon. She's like, like, she's like the little old lady. Yes. And I'm like, I like you. Like, I like the angry mess. (laughs) That's my person. Like her sister's more like, leave me alone. I'm going to go hide in my room, but then complain about that. Nobody's paying attention to me. Yep. That's the way that girls roll. So today we're talking to Wafika Wahid. Now, Wafika is one of our international families and she has been everywhere. I mean, I think the babies were born in Malaysia, but she was speaking to me from Germany. I don't even know. Oh. She's like she's like a map of maps and she's been all over the place. But she really she has three year old boys and they her pregnancy was a total surprise. And she makes such an effort to have like a balanced home and make sure that everybody feels like recognized. And she's also so on point about nurturing the skills of that child. Mm-hmm. And not comparing them to the other. Yeah. Okay. So we're excited for you to meet Wafika, but I, I also am excited that we're starting the season. Yeah. It's going to be, Lauren, you know what we have coming up. It's going to be a great season. It really is. Do you really mean that? Or you're just yeah. like that? Because well, you're- there's such a good array of people with different stories. Yeah. See, Lauren knows the inside scoop. After I tape a podcast, sometimes I am either... Um, traumatized or so joyful that I know not a lot of people would care. Like I can't message my husband and be like, oh my gosh, you're never yeah. gonna believe who I met. You're like, I really uh, care. No, I do. I like I want to know. I want to I can't wait to listen to them all. Yes. Yeah, so are you ready to listen to Wafika? Yes. All right, guys, here is Wafika. All right, guys, I'm very excited because while everybody thinks that you have to kind of raise your twins as a pack. If anybody knows about this, Wafika has been 
raising her 20s who are now almost four I can't believe it from the time that we first heard from her I feel like it was 12 million years ago so you are I'm so happy thank you so much for joining us today I'm so happy that you're here Rafika thank you thank you Natalie for being for giving me this opportunity I am extremely excited because your podcasts are something that kept me going the funny versions, the serious versions, everything and being able to be here and kind of like put my message across is like I'm very happy to do that listen <laughs> I'm so happy it's so nice that we have you know community that listens to us everywhere it True. really it really really humbles me and I love that when you applied for the podcast the first thing you said was it's you know it's really important that people realize that you have to raise your twins as two separate people instead of a pack yes. now Wafika you know that there are many people who might think that they're doing this but are they really nurturing those differences you know when your 20s were born did you notice that they had kind of even different differences from birth? Like, did they eat at different times or feed at different times? Like, when did you start noticing that you're like, yeah, these are two totally separate babies that just happen to have the same birthday? Yeah. So first off, they look different. Yeah, they look so different that I always joke that they look like neighbor's kids. They don't even look like siblings. Like <laughs> me and my sister who have a 10-year age gap, we look more alike than my twins do, yeah? So that was the first thing that I noticed. But like even the first taste of food, one likes bananas, the other likes apples. What was faster? Like I remember my first kid, no rice. He started talking more, like flattery, you know, making the sounds mm -hmm. and smiling much earlier. Whereas Nobet, I remember sitting and actually smiling in front of him because he never smiled. And I went crazy thinking, will he ever smile? He had a serious look on his face like all the time. And that's how they actually grew up to be. Norais turned out to be the more talkative, more socializing one. Mm -hmm. Whereas Nobit was the more reserved one. Needed that little push to go on and talk to people. And uh, and uh, as it goes, like Nobit started walking much faster than Norais. To the point where people were like, they're the same age. They're supposed to walk at the mm -hmm. same pace. And if I was like... Listening to these people, I would have gone crazy. But I didn't know it because I knew they spoke at different like times. They had their own space. So I just let it be. There were times I was like, you know, secretly try make him stand up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you, it, it's just natural. I don't think anybody can not do that. But that was one of the first rules I think we had made when we got to know we were expecting twins that we won't compare them. Like, that should be like a first reminder every day. Like they're mm -hmm. too different. That was already preset in our mind. Yeah. That you cannot compare them. You cannot say this is faster. This is slower. They're two different kids. Yeah. Yes, they're both at the same. They have the same parents. But even as parents, I need to be different to both of them. I do see people having the same parenting styles for somebody, for their older kid mm -hmm. and to the younger one who probably have a different age gap. Yeah. yeah. And that's okay. Because they're probably more similar. So mm -hmm. it always depends. Like, it doesn't depend on twins or not twins. It always depends on the nature of each individual child. If you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, now, our Rafika, are like, did yeah. you notice, like, when they were in utero, did you notice mm -hmm. that, they're, that they had different personalities? Like, tell us about, like, your pregnancy a little bit. Like, did you notice that one maybe be more active on your left side than your right side? Or did you think that it was pretty pretty even before they were born 
No, I think, like I said, Norais, the <laughs> one who walked slower after he was out, he walked more when he was in the tummy. Aww. Yeah. And, uh, and it is very sad, but I never got to see them moving on my ultrasound, but I knew where they were. I could mm -hmm. feel them. Like every time I would go for an ultrasound, they would be still like sleeping or whatever. <laughs> but the kicks were more on his side. Hmm. Yeah. So he and was getting, he one. was getting all his steps in before he was, he was born. getting his steps in. That's yeah. It. And he doesn't stop moving even now. Like he has to keep dancing. And the other one will be walking around like a quiet shy guy. <laughs> Aw, what week did you end up having them? 34 weeks and four days to be exact, yeah. So when they were, did they spend any time in the NICU? Yes, 10 days. 10 days. Just 10 days were difficult, yeah. I could imagine. Did you, were you discharged from the hospital or did you get to stay I with them? I was after three days. Okay. And uh, then a week or more, like, yeah, almost a week, they were in the uh, NICU by themselves. Okay. I, I wasn't allowed to even go visit them because the doctor said I was pretty weak. Mm. So I could just like see them on video call because I was feeding them and my husband had to go deliver the milk. And that was the time they would allow him to like do a video call. Okay. So in fact, they were held. Like I carried them after like five days mm. of their birth. So it was pretty heartbreaking, you know, that that whole period. It was very happy. Mm -hmm. It was a very happy time, but it was also a very difficult time. Yeah, it's tough. So it's for me, tough. that was the thing. Like pregnancy, I was alone with my husband in Malaysia and I was fine. Like no extended family. But I said, I'm not going into that OT if my mom's not coming here. Oh, <laughs> You good. know, I yeah. a 10-year-old girl saying, Mama, you have to be here. And it was a very sudden thing. So she made it. I'm like, okay. Good. That was like my, uh, not the factor that was helping me. Okay. Do you have brothers and sisters? Yes, I do. Do you think that your parents raised you to be as separate as you are raising the twins? Yes. Yes. So my brother, they were very strict. <laughs> the older one. Mm -hmm. Me, they were not so much. I was a pampered sports brat. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the wolf says, you know. And, and to be very honest, my brother's very independent. I'm very clingy. Mm -hmm. My sister, the youngest one, she's pampered by all of us. So that's a whole different story. <laughs> so it is like that. And I think that's exactly how I treat my older and the younger one. Mm -hmm. They're like two minutes or two years, like me and my brother, two years. I keep telling my mom, doesn't matter, two years or two minutes. It's always really, going to be different. It's really, really true. Now, how do you encourage the shyer one to be more outgoing and the more outgoing one to take a step back to give his twin a time to shine? So I try to focus on your strengths, yeah? Like the shyer one, he gets very like excited or very, he socializes more mm -hmm. in things that he likes to do, like sport or football or gymnastics. Like he goes there and he's a whole different person, mm -hmm. yeah? And the other one, he likes to do the painting. He likes to do the, the choir stuff, which is very ironic. And uh, so when he is on the football field or he's on the cycling uh, or trap, mm -hmm. the younger one, Nubi, is the dominant one. Like he okay. teaches his brother. Yeah. He says, this is how you do it. And the brother asks advice for that. So that's how I also tell them, you know, this is your strength. What you put at, so you need to help your brother heal. But when they're playing blocks, when they're uh, painting, Norais will be the one guiding the big. Okay. And by not like human to just pull, they've got that in their mind, but they can't ask each other for help and they need and they know where to take a step back. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So they're more confident about their skills. That's that's really, really interesting. So when did you start to no- like notice that this was going to be their personalities? Like, I know we talked about in utero, but like, let's say when they were very, very, very tiny and they would be playing toys on the floor or whatever. Did you start to notice that one would always like you, your older son would like take the lead and be like, I'm going to, you know, be the in charge of this game. And how did you manage making sure that the other one didn't feel left out because it's really easy, especially if you have, you know, a a more outgoing twin to focus on them because they're always demanding that attention. How did you um, balance it when they were really little? Um, To be uh, so, like I said, uh, focus on their strengths. Don't force them to do something that is the other person's strength. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let them take the lead, like give them a little bit of time Mm -hmm. where the older one enjoys stuff like uh, he used to like listening to music, to nursery rhymes, to um, like have his, uh, you know, the toys with music, mm-hmm. those kind of things. I, we would give him time with that when the old, younger one doesn't really like it. But the older one would kind of show him how to do it and like de- he would develop an interest, the younger one would develop an interest in it. And then later probably like give some time where we give him a ball. Okay. The way it likes the ball and he would throw it and that would encourage the older one to, you know, go behind okay. the ball when they were very young, when they were just crawling around, to be very okay. honest. Did yeah. they, it, did it ever come to a point where you saw that like, like, you know, one was being mean to the other, because that's the other thing, right? When you have like a more dominant child, you could, they could be biting the other one. They could be hitting the other one with a toy or taking the toys away from the one that's not, you know, as outspoken or as strong. What did you, like, how did you handle that? Did you just like simply say, this is, you know, no, and this is not happening. Like, what was your, what were like the things that you repetitively did to kind of, um, foster that they had to be good to each other no matter what their strengths or weaknesses were so to be very honest that is i don't think like i've got the perfect answer for that because that is an ongoing process right every stage it happens like no matter how much you're trying it how, how repetitive you are mm-hmm. it happens yeah so my older one was a more dominant one in terms of like saying no he's the one like you know a book father, the younger one he's like i'm just joking even now even yesterday. And the younger one, what he does, his weapon is crying. Oh. Like, yeah, he yeah. that crying. I need to tell him to first not listen, like to, you know, mean things what is being said to him. That is how I deal with him. Yeah. But with the older one, I have to sit and explain to him every time that he's your brother. Yeah. You cannot be mean to your brother. You cannot be mean to your friends. Otherwise, people are not going to talk to you. So I really, and I, I think it's easier now that he tries, like he understands stuff. Mm-hmm. Like before, it would be like just like making him sit on in time out, yeah. or like just sitting with him and not and no means no. Like you know that started long ago. Mm-hmm. No means no, and you have to learn. Like even now, basics. I think it's a very daily thing that I have to keep telling them. It's a daily reminder. It can be done when they were younger, and now it's all okay. I I would be amazed if that happened, but it doesn't. It's like. You know what? You're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed yeah. to be mean. He just goes like, oh, mama doesn't love you. Yeah. And I'm like, no, mama loves you. Mama loves of you. Yeah. And that's like the young woman turns crying. Mama, he said, he doesn't, you don't love me. But the young woman like, I'm just joking. I know mama loves everybody. See, he's got a big heart. 
he takes care of the other one, but it's just his like mechanism because he knows where to pull. Yeah, they do. They really do. I think that your kids realize kind of your, you know, your weak spots, right? Yeah. They, they find them and they take advantage of them. I know that's horrible to say. And that sounds like your kids are manipulating you, but they're, they're not really manipulating you. They're just learning how to work with humanity. Yes. And, you know, it frustrates me when like even people would say like other people would judge the way that you're being a parent by saying, oh, you know, they're taking advantage of you. They're just tiny humans that are learning what the system of humanity is. So it's 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 pretty it's pretty intricate. OK, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about how teachers and your family deal with you treating them, you know, so differently and not kind of treating them as a team. So sit right there. We'll be right back. Hey, you. It's me, Nat, a Twiniversity. If you are currently expecting and you're like, what? There's a Twiniversity class? I want to say welcome. Welcome out of the bunker. Yes, Twiniversity has been teaching classes for over 10 years and we have taught literally is that the right way to say it? Literally, literally thousands of expecting twin families all around the world. And we want you to be one of them. So head on over to twiniversity.com classes. Check out our online class, our in-person classes, our live online classes. There is a plethora. Fancy word of the day. I got 50 cents for saying that word for um what was i saying see now this is what happens i get distracted but in a good way yep join us for a twiniversity class twiniversity.com classes i can't wait to have you in there you will learn things like oh my gosh what are the things that i can't do too soon oh no how do i change a diaper what is my partner supposed to do on delivery day yeah we got you cover we've been there done that and literally wrote the book so check us out at twiniversity.com classes all right, let's jump back in. I want to, I know that they're in school now. I know that the boys are in school and I know that you said that your mom was with you for a while. How does the outside world deal with the twins? Especially because I do, and Wafika, you know this too. Like when people see twins, they're like, oh, it's the twins, right? It's like one group of children. How do you deal with teachers treating them separately or when they treat them the same or when your family calls them the twins? How do you try to encourage the outside universe to foster the strengths of each child? So like you said, everybody sees them as one small gang, mm -hmm. I would say. Like, you know, two people exactly the same or did twins. But the the reason that I learned I need to uh like show the people, show the outside world the difference mm -hmm. is because I noticed they were, uh their uh, differences quite early on. And I realized I need to be their voice, you know, mm -hmm. like when they were pretty young. So first off, we, th these babies were the first in my family after a very long time. Oh. My first, my parents' first grandkids, plus cherry on top twins. Nobody has had a twin in the family. So no idea. Everybody, everything's new. Like it's a blank yeah. sheet of paper. We can just fill it with whatever we have. And, uh, all like my mom's been there for me in this sense like on call because she stays away she stays in Saudi Arabia and I've always stayed away but we do go quite often like Good. to my parents house and yes I was judged by the outside world by friends or like not necessarily the teachers but yeah the friends or like you know 
the difference. They could see the difference in treatment. Mm-hmm. Like if Flores was a little naughty, he would be said no immediately, right? But if Nubain was a little naughtier, it would take time. I would take him to the corner and, you know, like try to explain to him why, uh, why he's not supposed to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. For the reason that I realized Lores was more sporty and would understand better, like faster. But Nubeth, I think uh, it would have a negative impact, impact on him because he's already shy. Okay. Yeah. If he's already shy and yelling at him or and saying no to him in front of other people, mm-hmm. then it's going to take him back more into the shell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that's how, and when I'm like trying to explain this to people, that's when they understood the reason. And uh, yeah, like I said, um, even in school, like I need to tell the teachers, you know, like try to push him a bit a bit. He's yeah. a little shy, but once he's comfortable, he's out there. Yeah. So, you know, try to keep them separate. If that's one of the most, like, first things that I told the teacher. In fact, I also wanted to get them in two different groups mm. for them to be able to develop their own personalities. But due to Corona, we weren't able to do that. Yeah. We had to send siblings in the same group. So the teacher, I was like, at least keep them separate. And I, that is something that I always emphasize on. Like every time I meet the teachers or every time I ask them, I, that's the truth. You go to school or you go to the uh, football or you go to gym. Well, we're not playing together. Mm-hmm. Play with everybody else. You come home to play together. So that is like set in their mind. The first thing they say, we don't play together. We play with, so he has a little group of friends and Nabeen has a little group of friends. When they come home, they have two different stories to tell. Yes. So that I feel like had really helped. Like it was, it helped me a lot in making them develop their own personalities and finding Mm -hmm. their own. So even if I see their friend group, Nabeen's got the quieter uh, cover kids and already got naughty one, active ones. So it is like, um, I think that like the separation mm-hmm. is something because they do have each other to like, you know, lay back on, but they also have different friend groups and mm-hmm. they have different stories. Do you notice that academically, right? Because now they're starting to, to kind of really get into it. Are you noticing any differences in their styles academically? Yes. So what I uh, have noticed is like Nuris likes to write. He's better with the uh, pencil mm-hmm. or he's better with crayon. He's better at recognition of letters. Mm-hmm. But Nubed is the one who likes to do the activity book kind of things, okay. like matching stuff. Okay. All her um, identify like the things with the identification, matching stuff or her all matching colors. Okay. You know that kind of a thing, the activity kind of thing, but um, also, uh, their attention span, I would say, um, Nobit is a little lesser than the rice because he gets okay. bored easily if he's given a pen yes. and paper. Okay. Because he needs to keep moving. Yes. So, so Nabeed, who is our more active, more outgoing, is the one that, I'm learning to speak here. It, uh, they're the ones that really prefer like the active activities and the matching and that where, um, so, so do you think that their body goes along with their mind? Oh, so Nareis talks more and is more dominant in the verbal side of things. Okay. But the activity side of things or, uh, like, if you would want a smart answer, Norris would give it to you. Nobid would try, like, to be wise, that take his time and think yeah. for a bit. And, you know, that gives you the answer. That's the kind of, like, and 
But Norris, because he's so good with words, he also mm-hmm. likes, to, you know, like that. That's what he enjoys doing, like making stuff, creating stuff. Yeah, that's that's so great. I love that when you, you know, we're we're lucky though because you know nature gave you two very separate kiddos. There are families out there that have their kids have the same interests, especially like you brought up COVID, that they're in the same group. There are so many families out there that are kind of forced into a position, even you know years later, we may still be seeing that they they want to have people in the same group. You know, we're fortunate that our kids are so different, but I love how you started at such a young age to really see that there was differences. And instead of kind of forcing them into each other's shell, you basically were like, nope, these are our kids similarly to the way that your mom did. And I think yes. that also truthfully, Wafika, uh, it really makes a big difference when you are raised in a home that nurtured your own strengths, it's easier to do that. If let's say you were raised in a home that wasn't, what advice would you give to a parent who might be listening to this, who maybe, you know, was raised like the rest of their siblings as a gang, as you said, how do you think that a mom or a dad or a grandma even, or even a teacher, because everybody listens to this podcast, how do you think that they could start to nurture each of the twinnies kind of strengths? So I think, oh, to be very honest, it's like people say that it's impossible to be two different parents, but I think it's also very natural mm-hmm. uh, to not be the same parents to, you know, uh, there is children, twins or not. So the reason, or maybe it has to me, maybe that's mm-hmm. a natural to me because of the environment that I've grown up in. Right. But as time goes, like if you have like, say, three kids in the house and they're all treated the same, but if they're three kids born at three different times, mm-hmm. times have changed. You know, the kids, the, the mentality, the exposure, the education system, the friend circle has changed. So I think it's very important for parents to evolve with that. Mm-hmm. So that they're not like measuring all the kids with the same scale. Yeah. Because that can affect the kids in a way that uh, they feel very restricted. Mm-hmm. They feel very like, I think the younger one will then start to feel like they're always being compared to the older one. Mm-hmm. But the reason like if, if suppose uh, child A, his strength is drawing and child B is academics, mm-hmm. right? And... So the uh, parents say, you know what, or, uh, you know what, why can't you draw as well as, you know, mm-hmm. I put you, I put a sense your brother to the drawing class. So I'm going to send you too, but that's not what I like. Mm-hmm. That's going to make me feel like I'm not good at anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am good at something. So allow me to grow into that, to go into that side of uh, things. So I think, uh, like you said, a very important factor for all parents is giving their children the right uh, childhood mm-hmm. or the right uh, way of dealing with them. Because I think end of the day, that's what is being carried out. Yeah. Like carried on generation after generation. Like I learned a lot from my parents. I learned how they had three different children and they treated them three different ways. Mm-hmm. The reason being that we're of three different ages, three different interests with three different personalities. Mm-hmm. But uh, people just assume that twins have to be similar and that's not the case. If I would put like more pressure on the race, oh, sorry, more pressure on the bait to do the blocks, mm-hmm. he would feel like he's not good at it. Yeah. 
if I wouldn't give him the exposure to do other things, the outdoor stuff that he likes, right? He would feel like he's not good enough. And the bed and the rice, he likes to sit at home. He likes to do the creative stuff. He likes to talk to people. He likes to socialize. And if I would keep him away from that, he would feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. Yeah. So I think playing on their strengths, it can be similar. It can be similar. No, No doubt about it. But recognizing that and playing according to their strengths is, I yeah. think, one of the very crucial, uh, like, it's the basis, the foundation of the growing up. Now, and who wants to see that doesn't change? Like, they can be completely, like, yeah, they can <laughs> interchange their personalities any time of the day. Like, when That's I send true. them to school, I have to make, like, four different uh, snaps because, the, like, even different tastes in food. Mm-hmm. So if I would like, like, if I would force them to eat the same thing, mm-hmm. one would like not enjoy this meal. He would like have this aversion to food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like something as basic as ability needs to be, I'm not saying spoil them. I'm not saying spoil them, but at least like, you know, allow them to have their own opinion. Mm-hmm. Allow them to have, basically we need them to be nourished. Yes. So right. Give them as so long it doesn't matter. Healthy. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. As long as it's healthy, give them the right nourishment. <laughs> it's the truth. You know, you, do you ever get to spend time with just one of them one-on-one? And I know that you, you know, that, that your husband is often so busy and that you are kind of flying solo with the twenties. How do you take time to really make sure that each of them feels recognized and loved by you? Do you do it each day? Do you have like a day a week where they get to choose something? How do you manage it in your home? So it's not about uh, each day a week. I think it's more about during the day, we divide the day. Like they come back from kindergarten at three, around 3.30 to 4.30 is football, which Norais has started enjoying because his friends are there, which Mm -hmm. Norais loves anyway. We come back and we've decided, you know what? We're going to do football. And once you come back, Let's do something with Norais likes, mm-hmm. like blocks or coloring. Let's all sit and paint together. And uh, about like spending one-on-one time, it happened when one is asleep and the other is it. Like one is an early riser. The other one is a late sleeper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the time, that time is like a very one-on-one thing to do what they want to do. And the... Um, in terms of even, even, even something as simple as liking their, what is closer to the father, like he wants the father of time mm. and one is attached to me. No. Oh. Yeah. So, but uh, so, uh, so it's like, it isn't very easy to find one-on-one time. Yeah. Mostly because their routine is such that they both sleep and wake up around the same time. But it's just that I think half an hour every day yeah. when one sleeps later, he keeps telling me stories at night. And the other one gets up half an hour earlier and he helps me breakfast. So the two ways that I spend time with is also different. Yeah. One likes to talk. One likes to do stuff. Make, make a cake or make breakfast. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. we're so blessed really to have twins. And just thinking about like, I could see, you know, I, I could see the one making breakfast with you. Like it's such a great parenting moment for you to just really be there and be kind of present in the situation and have those great conversations. And the fact that you started so early, you're so far ahead. And I know that with the pandemic, it kind of put people behind. 
and it, it, our children are going to be different for it. But this is the time that we get to kind of come back out into the world. And, you know, we've learned a lot, both good and bad from everything that we have been through. And I'm hoping that, you know, with this, this new season of the podcast, that it makes us all realize that there is a new season of life. And if there, if it was too late, like, let's say you've noticed that, yes, you have been treating them like a little gang and you haven't been spending a lot of time with each of them just one-on-one. Every day that the sun rises is another opportunity for us to do something different. You don't have to do the same things every day. And I, I'm so appreciative that you, you know, are, are part of our community and that you're part of our Twiniversity family and that no matter where you are in the world, whether you are in uptown New York City or Malaysia or Saudi Arabia, it does not matter that we are all in this together. And when you're having twins, the same issues occur all over the world. And you are taking kind of the bull by the horns and you're doing so fantastic. And you're such an amazing and inspirational mom. And you really, you really, really hung in there with those kiddos going through everything with the pandemic. And that's for all of you listeners out there too. We have just been through some poop, man. We were just through it and we're coming out and we're better for it. If we choose to be better for it. We could all sit there and say, oh, we can't leave home or we could keep fighting with families or your friends. But this is the time that you have to realize that the sun has just come up and this is our day to make things better. And if you don't want to make things better for you, that's your business, but make them better for your kids because this is what's going to matter, right? Our, not that saying that our life is done, but the thing is, is our parents lived for us, we hope, right? And even if your parents didn't, you could choose to be a different type of parent than your parent was, you know? Wafika is so lucky that she had good role models that showed her what it was like to, you know, to grow up in a home with multiple kids, but all be nurtured differently. And this is now your opportunity to say, okay, just do a little reflection in your own home. What am I doing? Is there anything that I want to change? What am I doing good? And everybody should just pat themselves on the back for anything that you're doing good. Right? I think at the end of the day, if your goal is to make sure you have happy, healthy children. And that's like, and that's what you're working towards. Yes. You're always doing it with the right intention and right intent. I think intention is what matters at the end of the day. Like it's not, nobody's perfect. Every day I would have learned something new. Like you said, community. I don't have, like, I didn't have a community here when I moved to Germany. I had to learn things the hard way. I had to do it by myself to learn it. I learned along the way. Yeah. So you can't really always look for outside sources. You mm-hmm. also need to look with it. I think that is very important because end of the day, I think every mother does know her child better than anybody else. And that is what we need to use as a strength, as a weapon. Mm-hmm. The knowledge and the connection that we have with our children. I think that is the most important uh, weapon a mother has. And of course, have one person or two people. Who are you going to advise for? Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's the mother. You, ha- you don't listen to all 10 people. 10 people will have 10 different versions and 10 different advices to give you. Absolutely. Oh, then do that. Oh, then do this. You're being biased. You're being whatever. But don't listen to them. Listen to your heart and listen to one person or two people or to your partner. And if they are a team, you and your partner are a team too. Like team of two versus team of two. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. It's, you know, one thing that when... 
for all of you who have, you know, ever thought about being a guest on our podcast, we would absolutely love it if you did. But one thing that Wafika wrote, which I have to say was the thing that stand out, stood out to me most is we always say like, what's the one thing that you hope people take away from it? And you wrote, I wanna be able to motivate and inspire those moms of twins who ever had a shred of doubt that they could do it and tell them that yes, you can. And that is, that it gives me chills because there are so many people who do doubt everything that they do. And am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? You too, I do too. We all do, There's it's human nature. That's I what we're gonna do. better as we grow older, but no, it's like, different doubts, new doubts, or mm -hmm. new faces. Yep. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but that's also a sign of being a good parent. Because if you keep doubting yourself, you're always saying what really what it is, is you're saying to yourself, is this good? Is this right? Is this good enough? And if you keep wanting that for yourself and for your family, you're going to have doubts. It's not yeah. a bad thing. But at the end of the day, yes, you can totally do it. You're going to be fantastic. It's going to be okay. And ultimately, we really get through this together. So, Wafika, thank you so, so much for joining me today on our podcast. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be here. One advice that I would like to give parents who are treating the children all the same is that difference is not bad. Difference is beautiful. Celebrate the difference. Appreciate the difference. Norais is loud, yes, but he's also loud in his love and care. Nubid is sensitive, of course, but he's also sensitive to others. He treats others the way he wants to be treated. I just want them to be wonderful human beings. And they are the two halves of my heart. They are the different flowers on my in my garden. And I don't expect them to be the same. So I wouldn't want to put that kind of pressure on me or them. So parents, enjoy this. Enjoy the differences. Don't suppress it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ah. Oh. And with that, we have to send them back into their universe so they could go do whatever it is yeah. or keep doubting the things that they're doing, which stop that. We're done with that. And don't forget, guys, if you ever need anything from us, we are always here from you. And I really want to just thank you, too, for all the love letters that we get from it's from you guys. It's really inspiring of how this podcast has really impacted the world of multiple birth. It's it's great. I'm honored to kind of have led this crazy charge, but without you, Wafika, and the rest of our podcast guests, we have nothing. So if you would like to be a guest, please email us at community at twiniversity.com. Or of course, you could go to any of our social platforms. We're just at Twiniversity on every single one of them. And we really do. If you have a minute and you're like, hmm, how could I give back? I would love if you would just rate and review this podcast because because that's, I really read them. And when I see that you guys love it, it just feeds my soul in ways that I can't even begin to tell you. So thank you so, so much for listening. And until next time, guys, see you later, alligators. Thanks.